0: about when was the last time that human beings individually and or collectively did more to care for the rest of creation than it has consistently done for us. One of the interesting things is that that, uh, you know in our view anyway Pakeha here or back home Euro-Canadians and other immigrants for that matter they need to do their work. You know it's not my job to help them Cope with this and comprehend it and understand it all. They have to do their work, right? Right, and they shouldn't expect us to do it their, for them. Their
1: work of being confronted with colonization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, learning, they have
0: to yeah. do their work. They have to confront it. And they have to they have to deal with it. And They have to do that so that we can come back then and have a little conversation about it. But they shouldn't expect us to do their work for them. Ah, uh,
1: kia no mai come home. Welcome again. Here is uh, Terry Terry LeBlanc's uh, part two of his of the podcast I was able to do with him last week. Uh, and this at this half again the the corridor around creation kicks in. Also some corridor around the economy and technology, and also the doctrine of, of discovery. Uh, and he also gives some great insight into. How does a European engage with the awakening that is happening in the indigenous world? Uh, so he's just got some great insights insights to share here, folks. Um, let me just give you the quote from the last podcast that I think is so gold, that we are to live in right relationship with God and other spiritual powers with one another in loving community and right relationship, and re- and and right relationship and relatedness with the rest of creation, of which we are a part. What I love about uh, about Terry, even Doctor Terry LeBlanc, is that he has pioneered uh, an indigenous theological tract. Out of a work called NATES, which you can go and Google, Google NATES, N A I I T S, uh, a theological institution that stretch it, that uh, is op- operational in Canada, the United States, Australia, and the Philippines. Matu was here to discuss the potential of a NATES theological symposium in Aotearoa in the future. And so after that discussion, I was able to sit down with him. Oh, one other thing before we get into it. So I just want to remind you about Earthed uh, 2019, uh, which is called Earthed Air e Ihoa. Uh, it's a weekend at Owai Marae in Waitara, where we are focusing on the nature of song and the, uh, and the way that song as a medium empowers and shapes not individuals per se, although it does do that, but especially communities. We want to learn about, about how, what Waiata has uh, to empower both um, Maori communities, uh, how the Psalms empowered the Hebrew community, uh, and how, uh, what that does for us today in our, in our local church communities. <coughs> so uh, jump onto Facebook, Punch In, Earthed, and find out all the guff and get along. Also, I just want to say that I I don't jump back in at the end of this podcast because Matsua Terry closes with a Waiata from his nation. And so we'll just close with him uh, at this time. So uh, enjoy part two of my uh, corridor with Matsua Terry LeBlanc of the Mi'kmaq Nation. As I was listening to you this morning and even even now, I you know playing devil devil's advocate here, for a a colonised people, Christianity, um, you know equaling equalling colonisation in an indigenous person's mind, here's this vision, and then goes what, you know now you're going to say you're on our you, you, you're on our side you know now you're going to say this vision that we've had w- we've believed in all this time. You, I, I guess, what would you say to that, you know, now as a Christian, you're getting a vision for creation? Always have had, because
0: right. I'm an indigenous follower of Jesus. <laughs> just because the Western church um, has has screwed it up royally at times, and just because the Western church has often understood the creation as, as a diminutive uh, mm-hmm. part of God's plan, uh, if, if at all, and that it's simply stuff for us to use uh, on our journey towards, um, you know, the heavenly kingdom kind of thing. Just because that's true doesn't mean that we have to think that way, doesn't mean that we should think that way now, and doesn't mean that we should try and change people's perspective by by bringing um, an indigenous perspective that has always, in my view, historically, not just simply valued creation as material goods to use and then discard, but has valued the fact that, that that creation sustains us. So, I, I say to my students in my creation theology course, it's called Creation and Transformation. <clears throat> you know, in light of this this conversation that Western society has entered into of, of late, relatively of late in the last forty years or so, about creation care, mm-hmm. right? So, we're, we're you know we're going to care for creation. We're going to yeah. be involved in the care of creation, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I, I ask my students, this is. I'd like you to think carefully, and, 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 and as long, take as long as you need to, but think carefully about when was the last time that human beings, individually and or collectively, did more to care for the rest of creation than it has consistently done for us? Right. And the answer, of course, is never. Right. So the creation, I mean, even in the biblical creation narrative, everything else comes into existence, and then humanity, Yes. right? And it isn't that we're the pinnacle. Yeah. Because actually the Hebrew text in Genesis 1, the thought in, in Hebrew was versified in the 11th century. Uh, so it was versified and chapter, divided into chapters in the 11th century. Prior to that, it was just a flowing text that was divided by where the thought changed, where, where, where the Hebrew thought and idea changed. Then, then you knew that there was something different happening. But prior to that, it wasn't mm-hmm. versified and it wasn't chaptered. So when the chapter divisions were entered... Uh, chapter one ended at verse 31, right? That's at the end of day six. How <laughs> many days are there in the creation narrative
1: right, seven?
0: Yeah And the last day is the day of rest That's when it ends and that happens in Genesis chapter 2 verse 3 in your Bible mm. And sometimes you might even right. shift it over right. and pick up verse 4 Verse four. Um, but Aye. but that verse 31 places humanity at the peak of God's creative activity But but God, the peak of God's creative activity is the day of rest.
1: Aye,
0: aye, right. Right? And 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 we and we know clearly that man was not created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for man, Uh, humankind, I should say. Um, Since
1: so so the the
0: the whole the whole idea of of creation being this uh, this nurturing, sustaining reality. Um, is something that Western folk have just come to, but Indigenous people understood themselves as part of creation, that, that we were interdependent, interconnected with it, because it provided for us, oh, yeah. whether it was Maori or Mi'kmaq. I mean, you know, it provided for us, and it continues to do so, to its detriment. Right. right? And, and our arrogance right. is the only thing standing in the way of us changing how we behave, our arrogance to say that human beings are more important than anything
1: else. Right. And sort of in, in light of this, as I'm listening to you, I'm also seeing my Facebook feed right now, and I know some of my friends will probably listen to this, and some of these friends of mine post, you know, the, the idea, you know, climate, climate change is, is, a, is a hoax. So I, I guess, let's just talk about that very, very briefly, because that's very relevant to to. Mm-hmm. global culture right now, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you're obviously, you, you've already articulated that indigenous communities have a vision of oneness with creation, so that's, that's that's sorted. But the narrative, particularly from evangelical Christianity, that climate change is a hoax to make money, what would you say to that?
0: Well, I would say, that, again, that's rooted in the idea of, of a an eschatology that sees this creation as being uh, consumed by fire and replaced. Right. So that's what it roots on. Right. So, uh, I, I mean, if I could be so bold as to say that, that Christian theology over the centuries is what has created the frameworks within which we live, whether it's economics, okay. social structures or otherwise, uh, or at least contributed to the foundation of them. Maybe put it that way. And and the the idea that climate change is a hoax roots in the idea for for evangelical Christians anyway roots in the idea somehow in my mind at any rate as I listen to students in my classes over the years talk about it from those perspectives roots in this idea that creation is subject to destruction and replacement um, and and it, and it isn't that the people that are going to articulate these questions on your Facebook post will even be able to say that that's why they're doing it they wouldn't right. they they wouldn't and and nor would they think about it. Any more than we think about a lot of behaviors we engage in, we don't stop to say, Where did that come from? We just do it out of force of habit. And we think theologically, we think some certain particular ways out of force of habit. Okay. And, you know, it's, it, we've done it for so long. Um, but stepping back from that, even if climate change wasn't real, the biblical injunction is right. to right. live in those three spheres of relationship yes. in the right way.
1: Yes, yes. I mean Take
0: you know and again so i would I would say to this, to to people that that you know that um, think in a particular fashion about the, about the uh, difference in relationship between men and women the difference in who we are men and women, so even if we say Genesis three articulates this this shift or change in the relationship between a man and a woman, we're now you know as the as the text goes um, you know uh you will long for your husband, and he shall rule over you. Right. In pain and suffering when you give birth to children. You'll long for your husband; and he's going to rule over you. So let's assume that we interpret that in a traditional way yes. for the moment, right. and and the man is over the,
1: what what way? Right. You, 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 and the <laughs> yeah. man is
0: over the woman. Yeah. Now, now in indigenous contexts we've never understood that that way that I'm aware of. But but let's assume that. I love it. Okay, let's assume that that Western <laughs> theological. Okay presupposition holds and and men are supposed to dominate women and so on and that's a part of the fall what act what actions take place in history that that deal with the consequences of the curse and of sin assuming genesis 3 is a description of the curse okay what what takes place well if we're if we're christian we say jesus enters the world He comes into into the world as a child, born of a virgin, lives 33 years, three of those years are his ministry. At the end of that period of time, he's crucified. He dies, he's buried, he's raised from the dead and he ascends into heaven, right? And, And we say, that's what happens. But what did all of that do for us and the rest of creation, what happened? Well, the curse is dealt with, right? So, so, and we sing that every year at Christmas time. We sing, you know, uh, joy to the world, the Lord has come. And, and the refrain there, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as, far as the curse is found. And of course, the curse is found throughout creation. But Jesus comes and he deals with the curse. Paul puts it in Galatians 3.13. He says, cursed be any man who hangeth upon the tree. But when Jesus hangs on the tree, that would be a curse for you and I... He turns the tree of the curse into the tree of life.
1: Oh, oh, right? I just read that yesterday. Yeah, he turns
0: the tree of the curse oh. into the tree of life. And so, and so he deals with the curse. So if the relationship between men and women is men lording it over women and domineering women and women being subservient, at the very least that's dealt with by Jesus on the cross. Right. The so why least. is it for the last 2,000 years we've continued to see the church suppress and oppress women? Oh, yeah. If Jesus dealt with the curse. See, so my point oh, is, yeah.
1: oh, Come we on, bro. Oh. fail
0: to read the text and live into the text. Mm. But rather we interpret or, or place into the text our own desire. Yes. And we do the same thing with the creation. So yes. even if there's no climate change. Even if that's not a reality, the invitation in the text of scripture is to live in the right relationship because Jesus makes it possible because he deals with the curse and part of the curse was the land being cursed as a result of the actions of our first parents. And Jesus is restoring that and leading us towards this place of its renewal and restoration
1: and and the renewal of the heaven and the earth. Oh, beautiful, bro, beautiful. Um, Here's a question. So if, let's just say, colonisation and for our peoples, which really came off the back of an economic vision, an economic vision from Adam Smith, John Locke, uh, a system based on land, we've shifted from, well, we haven't fully shifted, but we are, we are a, we're in that transition phase from a land, say, a land-based economy to an information-based economy. Um, ultimately, the, ultimately, the, the roots are still land-based, but really, the this changing shift is driven by technology. Um, as a theological institution, and you know, as a passionate theological person yourself uh what do you have to say about the vision of technology and perhaps where the vision of technology and economics is taking the globe or is that just is that another podcast (laughs) probably is
0: yeah um I mean, it probably is. I, I, you know, I, I've always found, particularly for Christians, and, and conservative folk, conservative Christian folk tend to be very, um, and again, I, I don't want to overly generalize, but, but this is my experience, that conservative Christian folks tend to believe that economics is sort of um, a, the way that God runs the world. The world. Um, and um, it, I mean, it's an intriguing thing. Because the you know contemporary economics, as you as you pointed out, Adam Smith's you know the invisible hand of the market. Mm. The, you know, there's this there's this invisible force that moves you know markets and you know out of all our all own uh, self interest. But but yeah, well exactly, and that's my point. Is mm. is is it's all driven by uh, the need to put yourself ahead of anybody and everybody else. And 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 the interesting thing is the text of scripture says. Let no one regard his own needs as of greater importance than anyone else, but... Oh, by anyway, but... <laughs> and Jesus, Jesus makes pretty clear in, in all four uh, of the recordings of, of, of his life in the Gospels, and again in Acts 2, 42 to 46, and again in Second Corinthians 8 with Paul and, and Luke and Acts, um, they make it pretty clear that there's this interdependence that humanity uh, should have um, one human being with another and, and one group with another where economics should be for the mutual advantage, the general advantage of people. So if you want to talk about economics. But the bigger issue is economics comes from uh, two Greek words, oikos, which means household, mm-hmm. and numia law, so the household law. And and, and, and it's and it's applied to this idea of stewardship, so that when, when someone who owns property uh, entrusts the property to a steward to care for while they're away on vacation... Uh, and and you read of that, of course, yeah. with uh, with Jesus' parable. The expectation is that what what has been entrusted to them will be returned in good order, right. um, and 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 there might be an increase, but it's less an increase in value. Although we'd like to put that, you know, into the picture with the talents, and the parable of the talents. But it's 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 less about that than it is about about returning uh, in good order. Uh, you know, it's, so it's like. It's like when you borrow somebody's car and you get it muddy. You want to take it to the car, wash, wash it off, maybe do a wax job on it okay. so it goes back to the person better than better it was. Than it yeah. right? so, it's, yeah. so it's better than it was, but it isn't always about an economic increase, you know, as, as the parable of the talents would say necessarily. It's about how do you return to God what God gave you and more. Right. Um, and, and in the case of the environment and so forth, it's, it's returning to God what God gave us uh, and more by caring for it and so on. Um, yes. So economics has tended to be uh, usurious um, in in nature, um, and, oh, and right. I think and I think you know mm. if we could step back from that and, and see it as oikonomia, the the household law, the entrusted the management gift, of the, the management of and care of the household, yeah. as opposed to what it what it became, where I'm looking out for my own interests, yes. um, and and you know after me you come first kind of idea you know that's that's typically the way it's been as far as technology and 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 I mean economics because you know ultimately you're talking about you know uh, uh, you know in the original you're talking about markets where you know if I give you this you give me something else and we're having a fair exchange of of tangible goods yes Um, Yes. today the market means ones and zeros in a computer Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, and 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 there's nothing tangible tangible that's that's being exchanged right and more and more by the few And more and more by the few. It used to be 99 and 1, now it's the 99.2 and, point, oh, and point 0.8. Um, and, and, you know, people are getting richer and richer and richer faster who, who have been rich and poorer and poorer who have been poor. Yeah. Um, so, so that certainly uh, suggests to us that maybe we look at what Jesus taught. Uh, since I think Christians like to read the Bible <laughs> and, and seek to follow yeah. it, I think we should look yeah, at what yeah. Jesus taught. We should look at the way the early church acted. We should look at what Paul talks about in Second Corinthians eight, and we should root that back into the to the uh, to the Hebraic text and the in the ideas around the year of jubilee, the year of jubilee, uh, the seven of sevens, and then the and then the jubilee year. It was intended, I believe, if you read it carefully, it was intended to ensure that the, that multigenerational poverty didn't exist. Right, right. So that right. if my dad made a poor decision, and lost everything that he was given that down the road, um, you know, my children wouldn't suffer the fate, yes. right? Yes. But there would be an opportunity yeah. to start over again. Yeah. Um, and so there, there's certainly those ideas. and yes, Radical there, ideas. Right? This is another Radical. podcast, for sure. Yeah. But when it comes to technology, you have to ask yourself, where does the technology come from? I mean, other than human ideas to invent it, I suppose. But the raw materials come from the earth. They come from the earth. Nothing. I mean... That's right. Uh, you That's know, wrong. As, as, I, as I said to my students just last week, um, um, something has to die for you to live. There's no way that human beings survive unless something dies. And, and I mean, even a vegan. A vegan, <laughs> vegan will say, well, I don't kill anything. Well, you know, plants die. Pla- <laughs> plants die for you to have life, you know. So, uh, so something has to die in order, human, in order for human beings to live. And... Uh, and, and I mean other things too, for that matter. But, but, so the creation gives of itself, yes. and, and yeah. technology is is, is drawn from the from the, from earth. the
1: created order. So we have got to look after it. Okay, a few last questions here. Um, one in New Zealand, we are across the body of Christ. We are in an in, a, in, in an awaking period where. The, the body of Christ is awakening to our history it is beginning to learn our story and go oh I, I never knew along with that so when, when a western based Pākehā church begins to grab a vision of there's something in the indigenous world I need um, you know you are from you live in Canada so you can speak whatever you want to the New Zealand church because <laughs> I get to go home you don't because you get to go home <laughs> uh, and, and, and us uh, Māori uh, get, still get to go to our church services on Sunday whatever it is but what would you say to say predominantly western structures western churches that are beginning to get a vision of indigeneity uh how would you coach them? What are, some, what are some things that you'd say, hey, do this, do this, do this? Don't do this, don't do that?
0: Uh, well, I mean, you know, when, whenever I have this kind of question posed to me in, in Canada, or the U.S. for that matter, um, and people say, what do we do? I, I said, the first thing you need to do is read your history. Uh, mm-hmm. understand, understand the history of the land you're mm-hmm. in. So, you know, in this particular case, here we are in, you know, the greater Auckland area. So understand the history. Who are the people that were here? You know, in, in the beginning, um, and 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 get to understand the culture, the history, the thinking, and so forth, uh, even before you ask questions uh, of of Maori people. Um, then, then the second thing I would say is, um, after you've after you've familiarized yourself with the history, um, you know, don't expect Maori people to help you unpack it all. Um, Right. You know, uh, you know, one of the one of the interesting things is that is that uh, you know, in our view, anyway, uh, Pakeha here or or back home Euro Canadians and other immigrants, for that matter, they need to do their work. Yeah. You know, it's not my job to help them cope with this and comprehend it and understand it all. They have to do their work. Right. Right. And they shouldn't expect us to do it for them. Their
1: work of being confronted with. Colonization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They learning, they
0: have to do yeah. their work. They have to confront it, and they have to they have to deal with it, and they have to do that so that we can come back then and have a little conversation about it. But they shouldn't expect us to do their work for them, okay. which sometimes they do. You know, they 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 want you to help them unpack it all. And I said, no, oh, you need to wrestle with that for a little while. You know, you need to sit with that for a while. You need right. to you need to let it weigh on you for a little while, and then say, what do I need to do with it?
1: How long is a little while?
0: For some people, it would vary. I suppose, I, you know, for some, I'm, I'm sure it's 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 not going to be overnight. That's for sure. Um, some people still resist the idea, and some people some people use a Dr. Philism. Uh, you know, that was then. This is now. Get over it. Get on with it. Um, and you know, in, back home, Indigenous people would say, "Which which one do you want us to get over first? Because it isn't a single event. It's a it's a multiplicity of events, and and in some cases, you get over one and then do it again. Right you know, and then, huh. then you got to get over that, and then they do it again, you got to get over that. Right. So it's, you know, it's, you can't just get over and get on with it. Huh. And I, and it. And it isn't that you want to wallow in the past, I'm, I'm not inviting indigenous folks to wallow in the past or, or paki or otherwise, but, but if, we, if we wrestle with how we got here, what are, the, what are the events, the circumstances, the ideas, the attitudes that created where we are today? Then we can say, okay, now how, if at all, can we rectify those things? How can we deal with those things, both attitudinally and behaviorally? How do we walk in reconciled relationship? Because re- reconciliation is not an event. Okay. okay. It's not even a series of events. Right. It's creating a new framework for, for a renewed relationship. Okay. And that means you have to understand how the right. old framework came into existence. Okay.
1: Okay. And what would be some steps for the new framework?
0: Well, one, again, is to understand it's not an event. Okay. It's not even a series of events. It's, it's understanding uh, that we need to be in a right relationship with one another, as I said earlier. So
1: does, does the... Who creates the framework?
0: Well, uh, I, I, think, I think that there can be occasions where it's jointly created, uh, where, you know, and again, when the, when the Western Church has done its homework and understands what it's done to create the circumstance they find themselves in today yeah. with Maori yeah. people here in, in Aotearoa, then then they can say, oh, oh my gosh, look, we have to do this, this, and Probably. this, or we, or, or, or we feel this, this, and this, and then we talk to our, 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 our Maori, Maori friends, um, members of the church, what have you, and we say, what do we do about this? <laughs> how, how, do we, right. how, do we, how do we change the way, you know? So some of it will be a bit of a dance that you do together. Um, you know, a bit of a hucka and maybe a square dance. Time, you know?
1: <laughs> do you see? Do you see this in your sure. nation? Sure. Oh yeah. yeah? Seems. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Same. Same. Um, yeah, and, and, I mean, <clears throat> we've we've had a, a group of evangelical churches in Canada that have come to our symposium now for three symposiums. Uh, representatives of of the, of the churches and 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 over the three times they've invited. Uh, uh, members of our Nates board to meet with them after the symposium for a dinner and then on the Sunday morning to spend the morning having a conversation about about the the you know the symposium theme or topic or what have you with a view to moving forward and so we've done that for three times so this past year uh, 2019 June when when we finished our symposium and did this um, and they said well uh, what's the theme for next year and I said the theme next year and at the time we were expressing it in terms of trauma-informed care how do we how right, do we unpack right, right. the intergenerational multi-generational yeah. trauma yeah. that indigenous Truth. people have experienced yeah. and so forth and so on now we've moved that to a more of a wellness model so we want to talk about it from an from an asset-based okay. perspective how do we move towards Asset, health and well-being yeah. okay how do we move toward health and well-being? And and part of that comes out of uh, the fact that Indigenous mm. people have have been mm. seen as a problem to be solved for decades and decades and centuries. Right. And and we're not problems to be solved. Uh, we're the, we're part of God's mystery of creation. Yes. And and, and there's there's yeah. value in who we are. God God oh, yeah. doesn't just love us; He likes us. Um, so so we said, uh, you know, that's our theme next year. Uh, well, can we do this again next year? And I said you know, we've done it now three times. So now it's time for you to go and do your work uh, as a group of evangelical church leaders. What do you mean? I said, well, next year, here's our, here's our topic. Next year, do your work between now and then and one of you or a or, or group of you if you want to do it as a panel, come and present a paper at our symposium. Okay. Here's our perspective. Okay. On this topic. Nice. That means the responsibility is on you to do your work and understand why this is a, Concerned to us.
1: And this is to a this is to a non-indigenous mm-hmm. person, non-indigenous, or, uh, non-indigenous awesome.
0: denominational yeah. leaders. Awesome. Do your work and then come and present. it Come and present it,
1: and yeah, we'll, and we'll talk and, about it. And we'll talk
0: about it. Wow. And, and we're and, not doing your work for and you. And people have done it. Well, it's for next year. Okay. For 2020 in our symposium.
1: Okay. Awesome. Look, let me close on this question. It's a bit of a biggie. Well, maybe it's not. Maybe you've answered it by saying know your history. <laughs> But tomorrow, um, we commemorate uh, Captain Cook arriving in Aotearoa for the first time. 250 years since um, the endeavour came here and Pakeha first set foot on the Fenua of Aotearoa. What, What would you want the church to be as a... Spiritual and political movement to dis i guess the term I, I use is to dismantle the doctrine of discovery um, in our in our nations. What would you want the community the Christian community to be as a part of that?
0: You know it's interesting because m- most Christians wouldn't be aware of the doctrine of discovery, and uh, for a lot of us indigenous pop- people, we call it the doctrine of Christian theft. <laughs>
1: I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh.
0: <laughs> Sorry. I mean, it's, it's, it's it, you know, be no different than if, if I were mm-hmm. to come to a part of, of Aotearoa and land on its shores and not see a single person inside or a single dwelling or anything like that and say that this is empty and vacant land and I can do what I want with it. Uh, because I've, back mm-hmm. in Canada, in Mi'kmaqi, uh, where I come from, we've developed a doctrine called the Doctrine of Discovery. That says if I go somewhere and discover something that isn't being managed in the way that we would do it in our, in our land in Mi'kma'ki, then, then it isn't being used properly and therefore it's mine for the taking. Oh. So, so just because this doctrine comes into existence, um, and you know, this is a curious thing for evangelicals because it's Catholic doctrine. Right,
1: yes. Right? Yes.
0: So the Pope says, Doctrine yeah, the of Discovery. Pope. Yeah, yeah. The Pope says, Terra Nullius. The Pope says, Manifest Destiny. The Pope says,
1: essentially. <laughs>
0: I mean, I'm, I'm being a bit trite. But but, but it's a Catholic doctrine um, that oh, is true, given the that. force of law. Um, oh. and, and in particular, in the United States, in 1823, it's given the force of law by then Chief Justice John Marshall in the Supreme really? Court in the United States. And then Canada imported the, the, the decision so it becomes a, for, a force of the force of, has the force of law, foundational law in juris, in, in in American and Canadian jurisprudence, that uh, upon which all land-based uh, decisions are made. Uh, okay. going forward. So if Christians would understand that that somewhere overseas somebody said whatever we find is ours, because because we're passing this law as it were in our land for somebody else and recognize that that's what we would today call theft, um, maybe, we wouldn't, maybe we wouldn't want to celebrate Cook. Um, then the second thing I would say is, is that they need to disown themselves, uh, 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 disabuse themselves, maybe is a better way well, to put it, of the notion that, that uh, because our civilization wasn't of the same kind as European civilization, civilization at the time, that we were uncivilized. And disabuse themselves of the notion that we were godless heathen savages in a godless heathen land, um, and and recognize that we were created in the image of like and likeness of God, just as they were. Because if they didn't think, if they don't think that we were, then, then, then they can't possibly be Christian. Because the scriptures they refer to to root Christian faith in say that humanity is created in the image and likeness of God. It doesn't say humanity in the image and likeness of God as Europeans. <laughs> It says humanity in the image likeness of God. So I'd say they they have to step back from some of their uh, firmly held beliefs. The last thing I would say is, um, you know, when when whether it's Maori here or Australian Aborigines or or uh, our folk in our land, um, when Canada when Canada uh, commemorated its 150th year of existence just two years ago. How, How many years? 150 as a nation. Really? Not 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 from the colonial beginnings. But it but it, oh. it, it became Canada in 1867. Oh, I didn't realize prior to that, that it was a British colony. Oh, oh, very okay. much like here. Okay. Right. Oh, so uh, so um uh so it, it, it became Canada in 1867 under what was known as the British North America Act. Um, and so they, they said, hey, we've been here 150 years, let's celebrate, yeah. let's throw a party. <laughs> so there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a fair trade coffee roastery in the province of Nova Scotia, not far from where we, my wife Bev and I live. Uh, and they're the first fair trade coffee roastery in North America, and they're called Just Us, play on words, Justice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so on the first day of the commemorative year, they put on the marquee out in front of their coffee roastery, Canada, 150. And, and then a few days later, they put below it, Mi'kma'ki. Mi'kma'ki is the name of Mi'kmaq okay. territory, ex- okay. collectively. Mi'kma'ki, 13,000. So so again, perspective. Right. Uh, so the European yeah. church here, the European people, pocket people here, and other immigrants here need to understand that the Maori, you know, even with the tradition of their arrival in these lands, in the seven launches of canoe and all of that, given all of that, the Maori are the first people of this land, and long before cook and crew, you know, landed off the coast. So, yeah. so put some stuff in perspective, recognize that just because civilization looks different somewhere doesn't mean it's not civilized, doesn't mean it's not organized, doesn't mean that it's vacant or empty, free for the taking. And to recognise that a law passed somewhere, um, you know, uh, completely at a distance from this land, has full force in this land, is ridiculous. And, and to learn what the Doctrine of Discovery is about.
1: Yeah, kia ora. Awesome. Well, tinak koe e te um, a miharo i kua au um, ki... Um, uh, ki uh, o whaka- o, o me te kōrero, uh, tino pai rawe. So uh Matua Terry, thank you so much. Um, uh, for coming and uh, and uh, for sharing your thoughts. Oh, I think I've got through half my questions. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, do, could I ask you to close with a karakia or a white or a waiata or some sort of which uh um Wata?
0: Sure, sure. So this is a, uh, uh, this would be an old song for us. It's, um, it's, uh, it's an invitation and it simply says, uh, let us gather together now, my friends. Come together, people. Let's bring our gifts and share them with one another. For without one another's gifts our gathering... Isn't complete, and so it goes this way. Kwa kwa ga gon giga ma hola <laughs> nitnigi Maui o me se quilt as <laughs> well to naui Kwa kwa ga ga ma hola nitnigi. Nenemetits na del na dehak me dehish daud dehwa. Weh weh